0: Well, I'm in a series called Sometimes, and sometimes, today, we're going to talk about I Don't Walk by Faith. And in this series of teachings, I've targeted a number of everyday issues, spiritual issues, life issues, that we as believers of G- in Jesus, disciples of Jesus, followers of the Lord, tend to encounter on a regular basis. So we've talked about sometimes I doubt God, sometimes I worry, sometimes I get angry, sometimes I feel incredibly lonely. And today I want to talk about sometimes I don't walk by faith. I don't believe that the disciples of Jesus, as we read through the New Testament, and those of us who are disciples today, who follow Jesus today, were ever supposed to end up as couch potatoes. Sitting in one spot, I know, can feel so comfortable physically, comfortably, set emotionally, mentally, even relationally, just... but. Sitting and being comfortable means we're coasting in life and accepting things as they are, and that's simply not the call upon the believer today or any day. The early believers we read about in the New Testament did not just sit and accept what was because it was. They fought against great odds to live by faith, They fought against great odds to share their dynamic and vibrant faith with others who were not followers of Jesus. They understood that there is this call on the believer's life to live deep and to fulfill their destiny. That means to engage with life, to embrace life, to share life, to truly live life to its fullest. This was something they felt in their hearts they knew they had a destiny from God to fulfill, and this destiny was a matter of the heart, and they would not settle for what was because they knew there was so much more to have. So they would not settle for normal, that there was much more beyond what they were already experiencing. And today, many believers, in my opinion, have simply settled into a routine that is comfortable And they no longer feel challenged by their faith in Christ. In fact, they don't want to feel challenged by their faith. They no longer believe that there has to be more to life than what they are experiencing. They're no longer looking for a better way to live. They're not pursuing their destiny or pushing their boundaries. In other words, they're no longer walking by faith. They've settled into a routine and into life as it is whether that's good or bad. And they know it because deep down inside, in their hearts, they're crying out that there has to be more. Steve Jobs, co-founder of Apple Computer writes, don't settle, as with all matters of the heart, you'll know when you find it. Christopher Columbus, the great renowned explorer, grew up in Spain at a time when Spain was very proud of the fact that they were the last point of solid land for sailors going westward. Truly, they believed that there was nothing else west of Spain across the ocean. When travelers arrived in Spain by boat, usually coming in from Africa, the first thing they would see as they entered the strait leading to the port of Spain were two large pillars on each side of the canal, inscribed with Spain's national motto. The motto in Latin was "Ni plus ultra, which means no more beyond. These same words showed up on Spain's flag and on the coinage that Spain used for their money. The message was one the nation took pride in and believed as their outlook on life. No more beyond was not considered to be negative in nature. It was merely a reference to the geographical location of Spain in the world as they knew it. Many people saw Spain as a major destination in that day because getting to Spain meant you had gone to the end of civilization and reached the ultimate end or ultimate place on earth. There was simply no more beyond. And the result this fact had on people was that they settled there. Since there was nothing beyond, why think beyond there? Or dream beyond there? And this is the message that young Christopher Columbus saw everywhere as he was growing up. It's how everybody thought. But it wasn't the message Christopher believed. In fact, he put everything he had into the idea that there was something beyond, something wonderful beyond Spain. That belief is what inspired and fueled his vision. He raised support and the backing of the King of Spain to sail west into uncharted waters and to discover what he knew was there, that there was more beyond Spain. And everything changed in Spain after Columbus discovered the New World. Spain entered into what was called the Age of Discovery. And the national motto changed as well. The king ordered that the knee be dropped so that the new motto was plus ultra. Flags were changed, they engraved new coins with that phrase, plus ultra, which meant more beyond. The nation embraced the new reality of more beyond where they were. Sadly, I have found that it's a common tendency for people to settle in their own version of Spain. The no more beyond what I'm now experiencing mentality falls far short of what God has in mind for their lives. They seem to get to a certain point and to then begin to believe that there's nothing greater left for them to experience. That there's really no more beyond what they have experienced. And they accept something far less than God's bigger, greater plans and destiny for their lives. Men and women settle, old and young settle, people of all ethnicities and economic statuses settle, believers and unbelievers settle, businesses and churches settle, and even while people are active, they settle. Listen, just because people go to work, clean the house, balance the checkbook, go to the kids' games, doesn't mean they haven't settled into their own version of Spain. Life may go on for them, but it's still ne plus ultra, no more beyond. Christians everywhere are settled. They're following that slogan, that motto, ne plus ultra. In other words, inside they're saying, this is as far as I can go. This is as far as I'm willing to go. This is all there is for me as a believer I'm saved and yet defeated. I'm saved and yet I'm lonely. I'm saved and yet I'm anxious. This is good, I'm comfortable, I'm saved, so I rock the boat. This is familiar and I like where I'm at, so there's no more beyond. I'm settled in what I believe and where I'm at spiritually. When you have settled priorities, you also end up with settled passion. Don't get me wrong, being settled can be good in some ways. When people say, I'm going to settle down, they typically mean something positive, you know, like settle down and devote my time to my marriage and my family, or settle down and take my study seriously so I can graduate and get ahead in life. Most people realize that it's good to be settled geographically, and to put down roots in a community for the sake of stability in the family. Scripture says, the Bible says, it's good to get planted in a church, and this too is a form of being settled. Look at Psalm 92, verse 13. God has a right place and a right people for us, and when we're in that place and with those people, God wants us to live committed to those people and that place. So I would describe this as being settled in your priorities. So when priorities, like your faith, your family, your finances, your friends, your fitness, when these priorities are settled, they serve as a strong foundation of life and for God's favor and God's blessing to be poured out on you. When priorities are settled... You'll live your life, form your habits, and make your decisions from a place of confidence and assurance. God's favor and blessing is on people whose priorities are settled. But in the life of believers, I don't think it's the same way with passion. In fact, settled passion will hinder God's favor and God's blessing on your life. Passion doesn't mean you're always jumping up and singing in the morning. If that were the case, I would fail the passion test every day. Neither is passion always happy, smiley, and carefree, because sometimes passion is burdensome and intense. Sometimes passion is high energy. Sometimes passion is being laid back. The emotions and expressions of passion vary, but the one thing that's constant with passion it's drive. A passion per, passionate person is a motivated person. They have drive. And it always reminds me of a phrase I learned a long time ago, dead fish float downstream, live fish swim upstream against the current. So passion means you're swimming upstream. Passionate people are unsettled their drive causes them, drive motivates them to always believe there is more. So they don't settle in Spain. When you stop wanting more, thinking more, expecting more, you started to settle in your passion. And there's a deception that goes along with being settled in your passion. People whose passion is settled don't think of themselves as having settled, but they're self-deceived. You see, when people settle, when their passion remains constant and it's not growing and motivating them, then they're not as interested in learning and trying new things as they should be. They usually stop taking good care of themselves physically and health-wise, They no longer reach for things beyond their current grasp and comfort. They stop imagining or dreaming of things they want to do and experience in the future. They generally have less fun and are unwilling to take risks. They tend to be boring to be around. They don't add value to existing relationships. They are content to live ne plus ultra, no more beyond where I am right now, I'm settled in Spain. And they don't want, they don't see, and they don't seek for more. There seems to be three reasons people settle, why they have no passion. Number one, people settle when they get sentimentally attached to a past season of their life. People settle when they get sentimentally, emotionally attached to a past season of their life. Sometimes, sometimes people are supposed to stay where they have been, but nothing is supposed to stay like it has been. When people don't evolve with life and embrace change, they settle for a lifetime in what was meant to be a season Let me give you examples. If you have suffered the loss of a loved one, you have a season of grief and sorrow. It's needed. If you have had a setback in your work or your business, you will go through a season when you are discouraged. If you're having issues in one of your relationships, it will be a season of learning and adjusting. But it's just a season. Don't let the temporary condition of your life dictate a permanent perspective. Don't park, keep moving forward. Don't settle in Spain. You need plus ultra, not ne plus ultra. Don't live like there's no more beyond what you have now. Imagine the challenge in this. After being freed from years of slavery, The Israelite people were sentimentally attached to and kept referring back to the place they came from, the season that had just ended, slavery in Egypt. And Moses had to lead them to keep looking forward to a new place, a new season, and encourage them not to look back. He told them on several occasions to keep expecting the answer to their prayers And that God was about to bring them to a new place, a new season, and a greater day of joy in their lives. But they were living and complaining like there was no more beyond. So people settle for what is and do not have a passion to move forward into more. Because they settle, because they get sentimentally attached to the past season of their life. And that becomes their life, their perspective. Second reason people do not push forward with passion is that they settle in a place of relationship wounds. People settle in a place of relational wounds. In Genesis chapter 11, Abraham's father, Terah, was on his way with his family to Cana, which is where God planned for him to go and live. Terah had another son, so brother to Abraham, who died a premature death. Terah was on his way to Cana, but he had to go through a place called Haran to get there. But rather than passing through, Terah settled in the city of Haran because it was the same name as the son he had lost. The Bible does not tell us why he did that, why he stopped his journey to Cana and settled in Haran. That wasn't God's plan. What we do know is that no father loses a son without heartache and grieving because sons are supposed to outlive their fathers. So it's probably and highly likely that Terah stopped and stayed in the city of Haran because he was grieving the loss of his son and was not interested in moving forward out of that season in his life. And so for him, there was no more beyond Eventually, God spoke to Abraham, and he moved on to Cana without his father. But God's plan was that the whole family, including dad, Terah, would settle in Cana. But Terah settled in the place of a relational wound. He settled in Spain. Ne plus Ultra. He could not see more beyond where he was. We often do the same. We settle in Spain. When people choo- choose to leave our lives, we grieve and settle in Spain. When people don't grow and change, but you know you must and you don't, you've settled in Spain. When we are offended or wounded and take time to rehearse the injustice over and over again, we settled in Spain. Relational wounds can be terribly disabilitating. And many people settle in the place of a lost relationship. They allow themselves to linger mentally and to linger emotionally in a place that God wants them to move beyond. They linger mentally and emotionally at the place where they've lost a friend, there's been a death of a loved one, the end of a marriage. Relational woundedness can cause you to settle where you are and miss out on what God has for you. There's a third reason people settle. People settle because where they are is good enough and they want to stay there because it's comfortable. People settle because where they are is good enough and they want to stay comfortable. Settled people can still enjoy a good life, but just because someone makes the best of his or her life doesn't mean they're living their best life. You see, good enough is the enemy of better than ever. So don't make the mistake of settling for good enough. Good enough is not your destiny as a believer. Don't settle in Spain, believing there is no more beyond. Are you aware that being comfortable is way overrated? The best things in life don't come when you're comfortable in fact, being too comfortable can clog your arteries, soften your muscles, and make you weak and tired. Your body may want to settle and be comfortable, but that's not how you experience the healthiest and best life. The place of good enough might sound tempting because it's more comfortable, easier. But it's not the place God has for you or for me. Good enough is not your destiny. Ignore the sign that says, no more beyond. That message is a lie. That message wants us to settle and miss out on all that God has beyond where we are right now. So, ne plus ultra is no longer our motto as soon as we become believers. The new motto is plus ultra, more beyond. Don't settle in Spain. Not moving forward is to more beyond, but actually sliding back losing some of what you have, having less and not more. Folks, if you're not moving forward, you're drifting. And drifting is not a direction. If settling in Spain is not such a great idea, drifting is just as bad. The Christian life is about going somewhere with God. I mean, how cool is that? Not drifting not knowing where you're headed or even that you are in motion here's what the author of hebrews wrote about drifting you may pay the most you must pay the most careful attention therefore to what we have heard so that we do not drift away that's hebrews chapter 2 verse 1 or the passion translation says it this way this is why it is so crucial that we be all the more engaged and attentive to the truths that we have heard, so that we do not drift off course. So the option to moving forward is to settle in Spain, to believe that there is no more beyond, that good is good enough. The second option to that is that you just begin to drift. You don't settle at all. You begin to drift. The problem is you don't notice you're drifting. Sometimes when we hear about God, what we hear about God seems too good to be true, that he loves us just as we are, our faults, our baggage, our issues, that he forgives us, heals us, helps us, blesses us, wants to be the best for us. We hear that message at church and get so encouraged by the incredible promises of God for our lives, but then Monday rolls around and we step back into a faulty world with all of its challenges, and that's when the drift starts to happen. We start to draw on our old data, and before we know what's happened, we're drifting back to a more reasonable idea of God. One that is not so grand, one that is not so hard to believe, one that downsizes the goodness of God so we can factor in the hardship of life. If you've ever been in a small boat, like a kayak or a canoe, then you know how easy it is to drift without being aware of the fact you're drifting. But it is really amazing how far you can drift due to the wind and the currents and not be aware of that either. Of course, you won't drift if you securely anchor the boat while in the water. If you're happy with good enough and you've settled. And it's the same in our soul. The unanchored soul will drift. Because we live in a windy world with many underlying currents. Questions, assumptions, doubts, worries, other people's opinions, philosophies, bad experiences. And these all add up to being windy at work, windy at school, windy at home. And these winds can cause you to drift and you drift into disappointment. You drift into discouragement. You drift into negativity. You drift into anxiety, despair, hopelessness. And so even there, you no longer live by faith. The unanchored soul is subject to the winds and currents of life. And I am always amazed at how quickly people change their perspective on life. Sometimes we find ourselves sailing in the open waters of faith and confidence in, on, on, in God on a Sunday, and then we find ourselves drifting into waters of worry and fear on Monday. One moment you're feeling good about yourself, and then this person at work or at school or a neighbor, who always has the latest of everything, shows you his newest tech toy. And you, remi- you were reminded that you're still using an old cell phone that's so big it doesn't even fit in your pocket, and you begin to drift. One thing you can be sure of, regardless of who you are, an unanchored soul will drift. And the only way we can avoid, avoid the drift into a slow-grade, compromised, downside version of God is to drop anchor in God's goodness. Otherwise, you will not step out in faith, but you will play it safe and settle in Spain. Let's close by looking at what the author to the Hebrews the letter in the New Testament says to those who kept rationalizing away what they thought was too-good-to-be-true goodness of God. He first told them to pay close attention to the good news they first heard so they wouldn't drift away from it. And then they learned what the anchor was that would keep their souls from drifting. In Hebrews chapter 6, verses 19 and 20, the writer of Hebrews writes, We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure where our forerunner, Jesus, has entered on our behalf. The author is saying in so many words, don't reason away what you've learned, even though it seems too good to be true. It's true. God is really that good. He sent his son, Jesus, as a once-for-all sacrifice for our sins. Don't drift back to trying to perform your way into God's favor. Put your hope in God's Too good to be true, but it is plan of salvation. Then you will not be happy camping where you are. You will not settle for ne plus ultra, believing there is no more beyond and settling for the mess that you're living in and for what is. You will reach for what lies beyond because there is always more beyond. You will begin again to walk by faith. You will begin again stepping out in faith, and you will no longer settle for a slow drift. In that slow drift, you're losing the joy, you're losing the peace, and you're losing the hope you once experienced. But with your soul anchored to the hope we have, you will want more, plus ultra, and you will be willing to step out in faith because you know there is more beyond. So there's two enemies to stepping out in faith and grabbing hold of what the fullness of God's plan and purpose for your life is, your divine destiny. There are two enemies of this. And the first one is not believing there is more beyond what you have. Don't settle in Spain. And the second one is not putting the effort into settling your heart in the hope that we have and that what we believe is true and therefore you don't have an anchor, and although you're not settling in Spain, you are drifting away from what you already have, and it's taking you further and further away from what you could have, and all that God has promised that you do have.